Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Georgia Tech's defense was just too difficult for us tonight. We probably, we obviously settled for too many threes, but uh, it is a difficult defense to get inside. You have to make some from the perimeter, and we didn't. You know, the two games, last two games, we had 15 turnovers, 19 turnovers. We can't play at that level. We can't make those kind of mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really what the game uh, revolved around. Too many mistakes and not making shots. With Marek in there, he's a good player, but he has trouble when he gets one-on-one with those guys, and he got one-on-one, and they turned on him, and, you know, that's that's a weakness that he has, that he can't guard those guys in that one-on-one situation. At some point in time, you have to look in the mirror and say, I'm shooting 27% from the three. What what am I going to do? What's the best way to help? This, and help me and help the team. And... Uh, we're, you know, both Tyus and him are really looking to shoot threes. And percentage-wise, it's not a good play. I put Buddy in because we needed somebody to be a threat. And he made a couple. He made some. but he And he made some good passes that got it inside. But he's not quite ready to go that much right now. We're, we, we need to – we're relying on – our veteran players in these situations and and today we just didn't get the job done there welcome to the q's militia podcast with those two unapologetically biased orange-blooded homers sean and joe all right what's up q's nation thanks for tuning in to the q's militia podcast with sean and joe if you like it as always please subscribe the universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a platform. The four-game winning streak comes to an end. The Orange leave much to be desired, to say the least, getting handled in the Dome, 73-59 to against Georgia Tech. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. A quad three loss at the time is now, after today's new net rankings came out, is actually a quad two loss currently so go georgia tech <laughs> so hmm. and, and <laughs> the consolation prize the best part of it all is that we get to make a trip to cameron indoor to face duke and durham uh monday night so we've got that going for us uh we'll let you know what to think about all this that and the other but first um ticks blitz a, a sponsor i think we can all use something that um you know, I know I'll be using the next time I need tickets. You want tickets to anything, you can go to Tix Blitz. Tix Blitz is the official ticket provider for the Armchair Media Network. Joe and I cover Syracuse basketball and football for Armchair Media Network. So go there. Uh, unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at Tix Blitz, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, the concert, the Broadway show, or whatever you decide to choose to go see. Uh, go to TixBlitz.com and enter the promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. TixBlitz. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Okay, so... 
we do have a couple announcements. Uh, first, I always forget to mention this, but you know, we have listeners all over the country, and if you're going to a Q's game in your area that's away from the Dome, you can always send us your pictures. You can email them to us at cuesmilitia at, email, uh, at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on socials, You can and, or however you want to do it, however you can get them to us. Uh, mention us and in, in tweet them and mention them to us, and I would be happy to retweet pictures um, from away games from you guys that are going to some of these games. So that would be cool. So um, there's that. Now, uh, linebacker, Shai Cullen, he has been sus- suspended academically for the spring <sighs> semester. Suspended from even attending the school. His stepfather, uh, I guess, spoke with the media, and he said that basically what is going to happen is Cullen is going to enroll somewhere else for the spring and hope, and hope to get those grades back up enough to be able to ha- have some of the requirements of the David B. Falk College of Sports and Human Dynamics. Um, that's the, um, I guess that's your measuring stick and he wants to get those grades up in the spring. He'll be attending somewhere else and hopefully he can come back, uh, you know, late spring, early fall or something. I don't know. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, he went, he went through something like this in high school as well. Uh, he was, it was one of those things where he had to get his grades up. Uh, the, the our, <clears throat> you know, Scott Schaefer, he, he wanted him. He, he stayed true to him. Uh, as long as Shy got his grades up and he ended up working hard and doing it, and hopefully uh, that this is going to be you know a little wake up call for him because yeah I think that especially early in the season um, and especially throughout the spring and everything and throughout the summer if he can come back you know his leadership at the linebacker position and obviously playing in the linebacker position um, I think it was expected so hopefully he can you know come back be a little wake up call go back get the grades so he can come back and and uh, you know join his brothers. And, yeah, and he's got all summer too. He can attend summer classes. I'm sure he probably will be, right? Right. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you'd like to get it done earlier, so, right. you know, sooner than rather than later, but right. you know. Um, also, Syracuse football wide receiver Devin Butler is transferring out of the program. Um, he Not confirmed a this. He confirmed this on Instagram. He did start five games, but then he missed um, he missed the trip to Pittsburgh due to violation of team rules. Taj mm-hmm. Harris kind of took over. And never relinquished that starting spot. Back. Yeah, never looking back. So, um, you know, unfortunate. Um, Devin Butler. Well, he was, was more consistent. Of, yeah. It's unfortunate. There was a lot of high hopes for him, especially coming into this yeah. year. He had made some okay. You know, he had made some plays and some contributions early to where you thought that he might be able to follow in the footsteps he, he, of Irv and you know the guys that were stepping up. Uh, I mean, you know, even Custis after this year, you know, the senior going into next year. But um, obviously other guys have came through. And, yeah. I mean, we're bringing back four out of our top five receivers minus Custis. And we have people in the winds waiting that, you know, are hungry as well. So I, I think he saw the writing on the wall. So for him to be able to go someplace and compete, he had to make the decision to transfer. Yeah, I mean, he had a decent season last year. But, you know, um, it is what it is, and we wish we wish Devin Butler all the best in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we also wish all the best to Chance Me, who is announced via Twitter. Uh, he says, I would like to thank Syracuse for everything they have done for me. I appreciate all the coaches, staff, and players, but I will be transferring from the university this next semester. No interviews, please. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, he probably was going to be a backup, Joe. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, that, was, what, I mean, what, it really doesn't surprise me. I mean, for my own selfish ways, obviously, I'd love for him to stay because I do think that he would have been the backup next year and the backup for Devito for years to come, which would have, 
you know, solidified our quarterback depth and position and everything. Uh, but he was kind of back and forth when it came to his recruitment. You know, he went from he was a verbal commit to Syracuse, then went and verbaled back to uh, Houston. He verbaled to Houston, and then I think Houston's coach he left, so then he went back to Syracuse. So, right. And you know, this happens all the time. There's attrition all the time. Teams they'll get multiple positions. You know, they get three or four or one position. You get a couple. You get a backlog in a position, and at some point, there's a writing on the wall somewhere for somebody that hey, you know, it's just this isn't the place for you. The depth is 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 here and. You know, you can kind of see it. And I think Chance and me sees it uh, that, you know, DeVito is going to be the starter for the next, you know, until he's he leaves or, you know, barring injury. But I don't think he wants to wait for that. So, I mean, you can you can't can't build, can't blame the kid. He wants to go somewhere and start. And I think he can get he can go somewhere and help a team. So, you know, wish the best to him. Like I said, selfishly, I think I would have liked to have had that depth at quarterback. I do think that he could have really, really, you know, kind of put the fire to, to DeVito's feet and, and kept him a little bit humble throughout the, you know, off season, maybe not allowing him to be a, you know, full fledged starter. You know, you know how Babers did it last year where he said, you know, we don't have a starter and this, this and that. And chance of me, he did do good in the, um, you know, spring game and through the off season and stuff like that. So he is a player. Um, and it's, it's you know, I'm going to, it stinks that he has to leave, but again, it's for his own benefit. So, yeah, can't really hate on that. Yeah, you can't you can't blame the player for that. But so we wish wish uh, Chance and Devin all the best. And um, I mean, that's all you can do. Just 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 yeah. you know, we can root for him somewhere else. Unfortunately, like but like Joe says, I'm with you. It's selfish. You want him to stay and hold him on the sidelines in case you need him. That's as selfish well, yeah, as it gets. Yeah, I mean, there's fan, some people. Right? I mean, I see Devin Butler. I mean, we gave him this chance. He had his yeah, chance. There's yeah. a bunch of young guys underneath him that kind of took the spot from him and, you know, coming in as a senior next year, I don't see him being able to kind of overcome that. There's some guys that are just entrenched in their roles. And like I said, there's hungry guys coming up behind him. So uh, that one I saw Colin Byrne, you know, I saw that one come in, you know, obviously shy yeah. Colin, that was academics didn't, you know, didn't see that coming. But again, I wish him well to get back and chance of me. That was really the one where it comes to the selfishness because our depth at quarterback has been pretty good the past. Well, last year it was really good. And I was looking forward to it being that kind of good for a couple of years. But either way, I mean, best wishes to Chance and, and all the other guys. Yep. Um, the the Georgia Tech recap is brought to us by J.P. Mulligans. Now, make sure you go to J.P. Mulligans' page and Facebook page um, particularly and give them a like there because they give away tickets now and then and you don't want to miss that. If you like and share their post, I always share it too, but you have to actually go to their page, like and share it from their page to be entered in and uh, to win tickets. I think that's pretty cool. You don't see that all the time from from people. So, And we're kind of affiliated with them. You can get some of our swag there. Happy hour every Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, Trivia Tuesdays, every NFL game, every Sunday, and of course, every Syracuse game. Go there, hang out with the Syracuse fans, and the best part is you get a dollar off any Labatt uh, any Labatt product, I guess, um, during SU games. So, boom. There you oh, go. nice. How, can you, how could you not want that? Um, the game, to me, this is all personal opinion here, most of this, uh, was Almost unwatchable about halfway through the second half. An early six-point lead for Georgia Tech at that point. Early in the second half, felt like 15 as I watched Syracuse on both sides of the ball. Aesthetically, I thought it was a bad look. Um, then Georgia Tech went on a run. We were consistently beat down the court. Syracuse failed to match the intensity of Georgia Tech. Uh, the play on both sides of the ball, I thought, was flat and lazy. Um, 
where the Orange looking to head to Duke? That's been speculated. Did they just slam down a couple bowls of chicken riggies? I have no idea. Were they hungover? I don't know. But it didn't look good. Uh, the Orange put up the ball 57 times. 33 of those were from behind the arc, and they shot 21.2% mm. from back there, 7 for 33. Brissett led Syracuse with 15 points, but it was a little too late as he did not score a single point in the first half. But shot 40% overall at the end of the day. Hughes followed him up with 12 points and not much else to add. Battle, he struggled. He had 11 points. Chuku came in for a bit after being benched against Clemson for the entire game. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, and three blocks. Not terrible. Dolajai um, only had four points but gave solid minutes with six rebounds, five steals, and three assists. The Syracuse offense was rough to say the least, shooting 31.6% overall. Tech, on the other hand, um, Georgia Tech, on the other hand, they shot 59.5% from the field and 50% from three, and their offense is not known for that at all. Uh, they no. were just – it was just one of those things that happens to us sometimes. Bad shooting teams shoot good. I don't know what it is. But um, yeah. the battle of the boards was a wash at 32 each. Uh, Georgia Tech holds the edge in the all-time series with the orange at 6-5. to five. Um, Joe's watching TV once again, and um, we'll wait for him to – Shut that to freak off. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. So, Joe. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not watching so, TV either. Okay, it's okay. So, um, um, you know, my bad, thing, man. my thing was is, <laughs> be, besides the loss, besides the effort, if you just watched them, like I said, it was left a lot to be desired. Uh, I don't feel like. At some point in the second half, they almost just wanted that game to be over with. Right? Yeah. I mean, did you get that feeling? Uh, the some body of them. language, the body language. Well, not Marek. He's always in it all the time. You know, right. I'm not going to name names. I'm just talking as a team. Just, just the the body language was bad. It did not look good. It wasn't a good look. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That's definitely, I mean, I saw it. And obviously, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, their situation. I would have liked to them to, you know, come overcame that because there was plenty of time on the clock, you know, when they did take the lead to be able to come back if they just, you know, just got down and played defense and tried to, you know, win every possession. And I don't know, it just seemed to me like there was way too many mistakes and way too many three-pointers chucked up. I know Georgia Tech plays a funky little zone and their defense is good. I mean, we did talk about it. I was nervous about it. I talked to you about it before the game. And, um, it happened to be one of those games where our offense was just atrocious. And, uh, I mean, the effort on defense was really where I saw it, though, because you're looking at the worst offense in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, we exactly. talked about it. Ken Palm had him ranked like 222 yeah. adjusted offense. Mm-hmm. Not a good offense. And, and they, it's not even like they shot the lights out in three. I mean, they shot, I thought, pretty efficiently, at least the two guys that made some. But realistically, I mean, we don't get beat like that down low like that. And just so many easy, uh, it was, it was very frustrating. I mean, not getting back on defense, easy, you know, fast break points. It was just probably the effort on defense, dude. We just got done talking about how it looked like, you know, the four game skid or the four game uh, winning streak that we were on that. It it seemed like everyone was bought in and the fact that got to play defense to win. We got to, you know, it seemed like, I mean, we were just talking about that. Like we literally, I was, I was talking about how I was excited at the fact that we realized that defense is going to win us the games and this, this and that. And to me personally, I think that they kind of overlooked this team. And, 
I don't know if there's some things going on behind closed doors or behind the scenes that just, you know. Okay, well, stop there. Stop. You can't say that and not elaborate. So there is there is speculation, and it's all speculation. It's all rumor mill stuff, and usually the media picks up on this stuff if there's an ounce of truth to it, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not buying into it, but what's the word? Well, I just think that there's fans out there that think that uh, – that um, just changing things up and doing certain things is is uh, is really just kind of killing the flow of the team. I don't know. I mean, there were some people that said that they saw they were at the game and saw that there was some bickering going back and forth between Frank Howard and, and Beheim and um, Coach Beheim. One of the yes, Coach Beheim and uh, you know Buddy Beheim um, being in for as, as long as. As he was yesterday, I have really no problem with it because I was looking at the effort and he did have effort, although and we've talked about it before. I think that he still has some strides to make as far as his um, his lateral movement and um, just his athleticism and stuff like that. But I mean, overall, he's he's a good player. He plays hard. He can shoot. And I know where where Jim was going with with that, with with trying to get a spark off the bench. And he did. He hit a couple and he got the crowd into it. And that happened. Um, But. The other, the rest of the team didn't respond, and nobody else really responded to come out. And then you brought a couple guys in, and like we talked about, at one point I think Jalen Carey, Frank Howard, and Elijah Hughes were all on the bench. So um, you know, was it desperate? I mean, could it have been a desperation move for Jim to kind of like just really manipulate the lineup to see if uh, anything could happen, some kind of spark, some kind of chemistry, just like well, that's and that's what starts, and that's what's worrying me, right? Is that it seems like every game there's something, I mean, he's looking at matchups and there's something there's just, it just seems to me like yeah. random kind of lineup yeah. changes and switches and bringing people in and Chuku doesn't play. And then Chuku plays a bunch. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a couple of guys that give it full effort every night. And, um, it's just, it still seems to me like they're still trying to figure it out. Like there's still something going on with the team that they still just can't figure out. And, I mean, there were some guys that played some really bad games, some of the worst games of the, of, the, of their season, and um, it was just overall a bad game. And again, you get the, you know, the we're going to get the reaction right after the, the game. But again, we've seen it before. I mean, Syracuse loses games like this every single year in conference and yeah, every year. Yeah, there's always a deflating loss. There's always, you know, one year it was St. John's. Remember that one? No, Ty- yeah. With, with Tyler no, Lydon. Yeah. Last year it was um, Notre Dame. Remember that? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and right now it's Wake Forest. So, you know, well, I mean. Georgia Tech. Our- <laughs> but that's okay. I know so you between, get it with the same so, colors. But. So with me and Joe, I always, privately, I do that every time we talk about Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. I am guaranteed to mention the other team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, <laughs> the colors, man, I, get, I just get freaking, I, I get swapped I up. So, this year it's Georgia Tech. Right now it's Georgia Tech. But, Georgia Tech, right. if, look, I think maybe they've been, look, okay. I know they're, they're probably not going to be some stellar standout ACC team. But, if, if they can... If they can play like that against everybody else in the ACC, they're gonna they're gonna be in some close games. They 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 only lost to Virginia Tech by three, and held them to fifty points. So right. they might come up. They 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 could come up with another upset to to keep them as a quad two team. I mean, it can happen. The problem yeah. with that game is is it was at home, and right. and so you're right on the cusp. They're a net ranking is seventy five. That's right on the edge 
that's at the very outside edge of a quad two home yeah. game. So, no, um, I'll tell you what. I mean, if Georgia Tech plays defense like that, their next three games at Clemson, home against Louisville, home against Notre Dame. I mean, they can go three and zero, end up th- being thirteen and six, and they can be in a position to where you know they're really helping. Like they have that defense. That defense was really really weird. Um, so rotating, really, it's like a rotating zone, a matchup zone. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it obviously confused us to the point where we just, yeah, I mean, confused. don't get me wrong. There was some, we got some good shots in the, on the three-point line. But the thing is, is that it's just overall, it's not a good matchup for us because we're not a good three-point shooting team. So if we're not on that night, then we really got to press the issue of, of being able to get it inside and do certain things. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the dagger, man. You got you got you don't have a true center really playing in the game right now. You Chuku, he he might be. Who knows? He he was you know he was done. He got injured and it didn't look like real great. No, for us. and that's the thing so, is we don't get scoring down there. And then when we play against teams like that, they had Banks down low. Um, that gay, uh, I said that last year too, and we played him. His last name's Gay. I was going to say that gay guy, <laughs> but. He was he was good down there too, and it gets in a situation where Merrick's really not good down low, one on one. Right, go ahead. I'm so sorry. then you have to bring in a Chuku or a Sadibi for defensive purposes, and then it hurts your offense. Right. So overall, right now it just seems like Jim's trying to fiddle around with the offense to kind of figure out the matchups and how it's going to work out, and it just seems like just a really bad matchup. And obviously, some things going on. Uh, Frank Howard and, and and Coach had. Had some words on the bench, and and it's. And if you remember, Joe, if you remember Frank's sophomore year, they had the same turmoil. Last right. last year it did not happen that much because there was no one to come in for Frank. So when it, when when Frank would do something stupid, and he did get better throughout the year, but when he would do something stupid his sophomore year, he'd get yanked. Last year, coach did not have the ability to yank Frank and put someone in because right. yeah, Howard Washington was on the sideline, uh, he was injured, and there just was no one to really take his spot. So right. this year, we he has people to take his spot. So we're, right. we're back to that, you know. And Frank has there. Frank's right, but got, he's still got the he's got the ability, and he had the ability last year to make a bad play and then come back from it because right. he knew he wasn't getting pulled. And now right. it's back to like you said, the same thing. And I think that Benheim's got to kind of you think learn, he's got to learn from last year. There? Unless he's got a unless he's got a sure guy right. that can come that can come in and is going to do the same thing because Kerry comes in and makes the same mistakes. Buddy yeah. comes in and it gives us a threat, but then it kind of hurts us on. You know, if we want to press or, or the defensive of side a little bit. So, right. I mean, you know, unless you have somebody that's definitely going to come in and, and can come in and, and contribute and you can trust, then you got to be able to trust Frank and knowing that he might be able to come back and make a couple good plays if you just leave him in a little bit longer. I think so. I think that's a good point. I think that I think, you know, Frank's got to be able to work through his own um, his own mistakes on the court. And pulling them right away, even though you can, might not be the the best idea. He did overcome some bad mistakes last year, and yeah. he was averaging high 14s, almost 15 points a game. So, you know, you're right. I mean, I've heard that mentioned too by um, Dale Shackelford mentioned that. So to not pull yeah. not pull him out, let him let him work through his mistakes on the court. And if he's not on the court, there's no there. You know, he's not going to just get better by watching from the bench. Yeah. And at some point, I think, again, I think we're deep enough to where we got to press the issue more. If we have to press more, if we have to speed it up more, if you want to sub more, then 
play a little bit hard, you know, play a little bit faster, push the issue a little bit more. I know that sometimes it's tough with, you know, the zone that we play and then obviously with Georgia Tech's defense, but if you, if, if, cause guys are going to get, you know, I mean, they're, like I said, I, I mentioned it in the beginning of the year and we didn't really know how this is going to play out, but you had all the starting five people coming back and they were used to playing a majority of them were used to playing a majority of the minutes of the game. Right. So now what happens when you get, bring in some talent, you bring in an Elijah Hughes and you bring up some other guys that are going to be able to come in and help. Well, you need to be able to make that work. And you know, if, if the guys aren't, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's coach that has to figure that out. Yeah, but at the well, same time, at the same time, the players, it's, it's all about when it comes to effort, that's on the players. All right. Well, so, I mean, something's got to give where you got to kind of understand like, hey, look, you might not like what the coach is doing this year. And maybe last year you liked it because you could get away with stuff and you always you played the whole game because we didn't have depth. But now, coach, he's, he's got, you know, the bench. He's got the future to look forward to and obviously the present. And, you know, he's going to sub as he wants and as he deems fit and the players got to be okay with that. And the effort can't go down when he makes something that you don't, you makes a decision you don't agree with. And Frank has a, Frank has a short fuse too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if it carries into the game, but you know, arguing back with coach and stuff. I mean, it's not a good look. I, I, I don't like that stuff. I think you should be coachable enough to just sit there and take it sometimes. But, yeah. you know, and if, and if the players weren't worried about that stuff and other stuff and they actually were in the game and they had the effort. And I mean, there were some times in the second half where there was a chance to where they could key something back. You know, and I know I mentioned when Buddy hit a couple of those threes and then we forced a couple turnovers on the press and you saw the other point guard there, Alvarado. Uh, yelling at some of his other guys, and it looked like they were starting to fall apart. I mean, that you know, the crowd started getting into it. That right there, it should have been. It should have been the players should have been able to get up from that and be able to try to make something happen. And it was like as soon as something like that happened, we turned around and we just, you know, well, in, turned it over down the down. Who's, the other who's our we, guy? Who's our guy that's on the court yelling at his teammates, getting them in line, and telling them where they need to be and what they need to be doing? Who's doing right. that on Syracuse's team? Right. Who? Nobody. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, I know. That's the point. There's no vocal leader. There, yeah, and every team every team has that guy. And Syracuse does not have that guy. No. So, all right, well, what do you say we hear from the fans, Joe? What do you say? Nah, it sounds good, bud. It's time to hear from you. The Loud Mouths from the Loud House. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. Uh, you guys know the deal. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there. I propose the question at the end of every game. And you can find it on Facebook and Twitter. So, the uh, fan feedback is brought to us by my bookie. Look, the NFL playoffs are here, you know. Uh, what better time, what more fun could you have than betting on some NFL playoff games? You know, if you're going to get in on the action, if you want to bet online, go with my bookie. Uh, don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your friends and relatives sit around watching football this year. Um, not with the Super Bowl around the corner. Make sure you're ready for daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. So where you bet on is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during this NFL playoff season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but don't take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 
50% deposit bonus. So make sure you have a nice bankroll for the NFL playoffs. Use promo code QS25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code QS25 at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you've never done any online betting before, research it. Make sure it's right for you. And if you have done it before, you know the deal. Jump right in. Go to my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, it's tough to be uh, boastful about winning the my bookie pick this week, but yes, didn't but really you, necessarily did. go my way. Although I did win it, but yeah, didn't go the way I thought it was going to. No, hmm. it's all good. It's all good, and that's what you know. That's what's good about the line, I guess. You can hope for one thing to happen and still win. You know? Yeah. But um, it didn't work, quite work out that way. At USA no. Proud one two three, don't understand why they don't drive to the basket. Seem like seems like all they want. The lazy way to play by shooting up threes all the time could have gotten them in foul trouble and stopped the clock if we drove more to the basket. And Bayheim's kid sucks. So Ooh. they, I don't think they could drive. I don't think they could get in there. I think they were trying. No, it's I mean, hard to drive on a zone. Yeah, it's hard to drive on a zone, and that zone was a very active zone. And when they did try, they were getting the ball stolen from them. Well, yeah, and that's. It's it's a random zone that it's very I mean you know what's open but as far as bringing it in and, and stuff like that it's unless you got a, a guy down low that can score then you're really just exactly. running in you're running into trees yeah if you can throw so. it like what they do to us <laughs> yeah Let, let's exactly. do this let's say exactly this. Like what they do to us when they when they when Georgia Tech was testing the 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 baseline um. You saw them tested a couple of times, and then they went for a couple alley oops, and they were getting it down there. That's what we need to do, but we don't really have the personnel. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, at Ma- at Mackie underscore sixty two, this team better shape up if they want to get a good nit seed. Lots of tough games left. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing a guy from the football team would be a really smart move at this point. Need to put someone over the one hundred and sixty pound, put someone over one hundred and sixty pounds to play in the paint. Well, I mean, I, you know. Nah. <laughs> I love the snark. What can I say? I mean, I love I, the snark. Yeah. I get it. Look, yeah. we're not NIT bound yet. All, everybody talking NIT, NIT, NIT. Just pump the brakes a tiny bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> way, halfway through this. It's way early. We still have the ACC tournament, and we we've got plenty of games left to make up for it. Um, but I do get it. I do get it. Snarky. It's funny. <clears throat> um, I get it. At Reddick JJ, huh? JJ Reddick. Uh, this is what makes Q's fans the worst. The minute a bad game occurs, everyone is ready to give up on the season. It's a definition of a fair weather fan at the same, it, it, if, no, wait, it, the same, if the same reason, well, it's, you <laughs> can't even read. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it, it's, you know, for someone who <laughs> pops out all these big words, if it, it, yeah, it, I'm, if, okay, it, I'll read it like he wrote it. It's the definition. It's the definition of a fair weather fan. It the same reason we haven't fully supported our football team or our, our amazing women's basketball team. I think what he's saying is that we weren't supporting the football team like probably everybody who listens to the podcast because people who listen to the podcast generally, first of all, they're the smartest group of podcast listeners on the planet. Second of all, no. <laughs> they're hardcore Syracuse fans and they're not generally fair weather, I don't think. But what he's saying is is that everybody loved the football team this year, but for the past two years, 
they were blowing them, you know, they weren't giving no. them the time of day. Two, three, four, ten. Yeah, all well, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, one bad game, and it's a bad one. And, you know, everybody's all up in arms talking tonight. It was a bad one. Yeah. At Giant 4 Fan Terrible, I can't understand why they continue to settle. Look for the three when they're such such a poor three-point shooting team. We need a big man that's going to play like a big man in the worst way until these two major flaws of this team are fixed. This is no better than an NIT team. Well, if they continue down this trend, then I would agree with that. But like I said... Yeah. Um, I mean, lots of. Games I mean, it looked like they were making strides. It looked like a bump in the road, and again, it comes down to. I think they were co- caught off guard. It was a matchup thing, Joe. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it had something to do with that. Yeah, it was a big matchup thing, frustration thing. I think that they were looking past it a little bit. You know, nine point favorite in Vegas, like to everybody else. No, you know, Georgia Tech didn't stand a chance. Everyone else but them, obviously. And then I'm going to give kudos to that coach. Josh Passion is a good coach. It's only his third year there. Um, he made Memphis uh, – well, he didn't make Memphis, but obviously he took um, over Memphis after Calpari, I believe. And, um, you know, they were good for years upon years. So, I mean, obviously you got the job in an ACC school. So um, he's a good coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years Georgia Tech's not – you know, a team to be reckoned with. So, well, he's a good coach, and he's young, and he's passionate. Did you see the way his take Frank Howard and Beheim? Look at that situation, and then take compared Gay, to how take, his players reacted to him, take Gay in in him. Remember when um, Gabe didn't block out or something? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- Josh Pastor yeah. came at him, and Gay was like, "I'm sorry, I know." And he put his hands on. Him, he's like, "Look, I'm sorry. It was my bad." Accountability, man. Right. And they're buying yeah. into what he's selling. So, right. I mean, And it yeah. shouldn't matter who's playing. It shouldn't matter. I mean, you no, go in with right. a game plan. You play as a team. And um, you got to stay positive. you got to stay positive, and the effort's got to keep going. And I think what it came down to almost this past week was like Jim Beheim was said, screw it. I'm going to put in whoever is going to show me some effort. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes – you got to show them the whip. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out, and, and, and it just it is what it is. But we're not going to beat the dead horse. Um, at if now not when eighty four, a buddy Mike, hard to be objective after such a terrible loss. Um, defense was awful, and battle never got going. Makes me sad. Nit, here we come, Mike, Michael, Mike, come stop on, stop with man. that nit talk, buddy. Cut it out. Um, come on, man. It does. It made me sad too. <laughs> Mike, you're going to the Duke game. <laughs> Yeah, Mike's going to be at the Duke game. That's right. So come on, bud. You can't have that NIT. Uh, You're going in there wearing orange or you're going in there incognito, Mike. That's what I want look, to know. Look, it, ha- it happens. Games like this happen. And uh, there was too many bad things that happened to kind of even try to explain it. I mean, it's a bad game. It was a I bad think game. You, I mean, we would have lost yeah. that game to probably half the teams in Division One. Uh, probably more than half. Well, if they played that defense. Let's put it that way. I don't know, man. Because like I said, we did that defense does open up certain spots. Like pl- shooting the three, I get it. But if you're a wide, if it's a wide open three, then you have to be able to take that shot. Frank, and there were Frank Howard missed a practice shot three. There was no well, one within. It wasn't 15. a practice shot because it was during the game. But I understand. I'm like that's saying. what I mean. That defense. That defense Joe. is. They they talked about it. Virginia Tech. It was the same thing with Virginia Tech. They figured it out. They realized that that was where the open shot was, and even when we when we finally figured it out, we were missing wide open threes. Well, it wasn't a practice shot because it was during the game. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> Brandon on Facebook, you think the NIT will send an invite? LOL, I don't know. Awful. 
loss won't look good with new system. Not a good looking, not a good look moving into Duke. Not sure why they managed to miss so many shots. No calmness to this team tonight. No punctuation either, Brandon. So, um, the new system, uh, which we are going to explain at some point, um, it's formulaic, and it also is uh, there's an algorithm involved. So that way, yeah. you and I will never know how they get the final number. So never, <laughs> never, never. But uh, never, and, ever, and that's ever. and that's the NCAA for you, like we yep. said. Um, but we'll go over that. But then, not looking good with the new system. I don't know if that's the case um, quite yet, because actually, with the new system, that became went from a quad three loss to a quad two loss after they beat us. They moved up. And it yeah. actually helped us a little bit in the at the end of the day. So I don't know, but um, yeah, no calmness. I mean, they were frustrated. You could see we talked about the body language; it was bad. Um, yeah. So Jay says it was a bad game for Jim to put in Buddy in the game just to see what happens. Okay, so this is the this is what I'm seeing from some of the fans that Jim put Buddy in the game to see if he could bring us back and once he he was making mistakes and he he you know he went what one for eight from the three point or two for eight from the three, three point line once that happened uh three for eight three for eight uh he once that happened and you know he kind of fizzled out and we weren't making a comeback he didn't immediately make the change yeah and, and i think people where, expected him to um right but again right. i mean that's come on i mean jim gets how many times does he get criticized after this? It's overreaction stuff after a game. How many yeah, times did he lose a game show, and but... oh the two three zones out you know outdated and he should retire and where's Hopkins and blah blah blah. So I mean we knew that this was going to happen. You knew that it was going to happen as soon as Buddy committed to the school, which I hope the fans don't corrupt Buddy's playing career because of the fact that just giving him a hard time because the bottom line is the kid obviously doesn't suck. He's a freshman. And there's always going to be this whole, you know, and I was, I was on the bandwagon of maybe buddy should, should redshirt, but obviously I was with you. I agreed with that. But either way, this is what we're going to hear when something like that happens. There's going to be fans. Oh, Jim's just playing him because he's his son or da, 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 da. It's the guy can, he's, he's a great shooter. He's just, it's a freshman. He's got to figure it out. He's get to the speed of the game. And, you know, we need some of these younger guys to help us out because I mean, what we had last year with no depth, it's not going to work. So we're like, again, we're just going to hear it over and over again. Why is Buddy playing? Every time Buddy maybe might not do good, or like you said, he fizzled out, and then we were pressing. There was a couple times where maybe he couldn't get to the sideline to cut off the guy, and people are talking about, oh, he shouldn't be in there. He's not athletic enough to run, to, you know, to do the full court press, da 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 da. Like that's where it came into play. Like you said, once it fizzled it out. Once he fizzled out, he started missing the threes, and he didn't make a couple. A lot of people expected him to make the switch, and I mean, whatever. Obviously, yeah, at that it point, just, it just it just it just wasn't there. It just didn't. There was obviously something going on where he where he didn't like the effort from the people on the bench because all of them had a bad game. Frank Howard, Elijah Hughes, Jalen Carey, none of them impressed me at all. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Joe P. Got a ton of trolls and haters around here. I'm a realist, and I know this team is not as good as everyone thought we were supposed to be. We're allowed one huge run 
we allowed one huge run that we could not come back from. We don't have the offensive firepower to come back from a deficit like that. Got to be smarter with the ball, take better shots, and don't fall asleep on defense. Let's use this as a learning experience and go shock the world of Cameron Indoor. Wishful thinking. Ha, ha, ha. So... Joe, yeah, Joe, he puts it in a nutshell. I mean, I think yeah, the, the run... That's a good way to look at it. I mean, obviously, the, that's... The, the the run that they went on, I do think we could we could have come back on if the effort was there, but the effort just wasn't there. Like I said, six points felt like it might as well have been 15 because it did not feel to me, watching the game aesthetically, that that, that, that group of guys that were playing that game were going to overcome... A, a deficit. They did okay in the first half, and then Georgia Tech made the right adjustments in the second half, and just they created a lot of turnovers, some fast break points, and then boom. I mean, couldn't get back on defense, and we got smoked. <laughs> it's well, yeah. I mean, dude, it was a 27-26 game at halftime, and within the first six minutes, it got to 44-30. to Right. So exactly. again, it's a game of runs, and we just we didn't play good enough, and, and they had a good had enough one. defense to where we never had our run. Yeah. I mean, there was a point again where I think after Buddy had a couple, you know, threes or whatever that I think we got it within ten at some yeah around the ten minute mark we had it within ten, and then they jumped back up to thirteen, then twelve, then eleven, then thirteen. I mean, it just stayed there. So like what Joe said, that one. I mean, other than that one run in the first six minutes of the second half, I mean, we played them equal in one of our worst shooting games, no effort on defense. It was good good defense in the first half. That's what kept us in it. Plus, they're a horrible horrible offensive team, 220. So um, here's Steve responding to Joe on the Facebook page. This team, with the talent coming back that they have, should be a top five team in the country. Now, we've addressed this. It's, It's a fallacy to say that because it's the same team that struggled all last year. So top five coming back, got to get that out of our heads that that even means anything, really, because it's, this, right. you know what I'm saying? You know, if Duke yeah. next year has this has their starting five come back, now you can say something. It's a different group of guys. But Well, because at the same time, Duke, Duke is, they're the number one team. Well, exactly my point. And we were on the bubble last year. We're on the bubble right now. Um, right. But I'm just saying that last year we we barely made the tournament and just cause we made a run all of a sudden people expect that, you know, it's well, just, we made a run, but those games, I think those three games that we won were decided by five points altogether, something like that. So anyway, yeah. he, he goes on for whatever reason, they simply play like they haven't played together at all. I agree with that. The, the, um, the, uh, what do you want to say? The chemistry just is, didn't, was not there last night. Uh, no, no defense. And, no defense in at least tonight, no effort. Battle averaged 25 points a game last year and plays like he is a freshman this year. Eh, not one attempt to drive the lane and get into the, the line to get, get to the line the entire game, and that is coaching. Well, I mean, that's objective, I guess. You could make an argument. I mean, I think it is objective because we've heard it in press conferences. We've heard it before. Like Jim Beheim knows that we're not a good three-point shooting team. He knows that O'Shea Brissett is under 30%. He knows that Ty's battle is under 30%. He knows these things. Yeah, you so heard if, coach if people guy. think that he's – it's to say one thing as a coach is, is one thing, but for the, co- the players to actually do it is another. And, again, that's just one of those things where it's got to get figured out. Yeah, uh, Nick says, can't believe we're returning the exact same team we did um, and we are at this record. 
WTF, we lose to Georgia Tech at home, and we made the Sweet 16 last year. This is going to definitely affect this year's team come tournament time. Uh, well, we the first part of that we just went over with Steve's comment, but um, I will say that, of course, it's going to affect it. As long, <laughs> but, if, <laughs> but as of right now, it's not as bad as it was yesterday, and we're 24 hours removed from it. And right. and it's not as bad as it was yesterday. So like, well, you got to put some perspective. Yes, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta just keep an eye on the net rankings. Root for Georgia Tech, and hopefully this won't even affect us. And we've already got the ODU loss. I think that you know can contend with this one for the worst one. And hopefully, hopefully Georgia Tech can 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 battle on and like Joe said, uh, go on a run here. They got a couple home games coming up in the ACC. So one game at a time. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's halfway through the season. We have no idea what these teams are going to do. So yep. we just got to just worry about the next game. That's you know, all you can really do, like you said, it was yesterday at parts of, of the second half. It was on. It was almost unbearable to watch. I mean, you almost knew. You almost saw it coming. You know, you, you, like there was a couple glimpses, but I think everyone really kind of knew that there wasn't any any comeback in, in the future of that game. So. Um, you know, you just you get past this, and you just hope that you take they take all this this anger toward losing this game and what's going on, and work together and and go to Cameron and and try to try to beat a really really good team. Put, put some put some serious effort into uh, into that game, and you know what? This might be everything happens for a reason, I believe, and maybe this will light a fire under Syracuse. Maybe they're going to work extra hard. Maybe there'll be chemistry. Maybe they're going to freaking put the effort in that they need. I think it was any, if anything, it was a wake-up call. So, all right, you want to get in the fan feedback top 10. We only choose 10. Um, obviously, between Facebook and Twitter, universal handle for both of those is at Houston Militia. Go there. Join the militia. All right, Monday, January 14th at 7 p.m. Syracuse will head to Durham to face Duke. Uh, Duke holds the edge on Syracuse all time at seven and five. Syracuse looking for the biggest rebound game possibly of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> many, including some of the media, are chalking Monday night's game up to a loss already. Well, I mean, t- I refuse to do- be one of these people because um, I'm not going to be the dark cloud that hangs over the orange's head. And, you know, I've read this in the media, and I'm just like, come on. You know, they, they didn't even land in Durham at the time. So um, it's going to take heart. It's going to take effort. It's going to take smarts and teamwork. And those are four things that they did not have against Georgia Tech. And it's going to take all of that. It's going to take teamwork mostly. They're going to have to work together to get this done. The tale of Duke oh, yeah. goes as follows. The Blue Devils have three guys averaging double digits. The uh, top two, R.J. Burnt. Uh, Barrett and Zion Williamson, they're both averaging over 20 points a game. Barrett, 23.4, and Williamson, 20.3, respectively. Williamson, whose game is finishing, is he's successful 66.9% of the time from the floor, and Barrett is 46.6% from the field. Uh, Six-man Jack White only averages 6.7 points a game in 25, in 25 minutes, but he can shoot the ball 44.4% from the field, 38.6% from distant. Dukes, as a team, shoots 496 from the field, so really good. Uh, 33.1 from three and 67.2 from the line. Uh, so, Joe, I know it's a lot to ask, I know, but they're going to need to put Georgia Tech behind them, obviously. 
And right. um, they're going to have to go out there, and they're probably going to have to play the best game of the season if they want to leave Durham with a win or if they want to leave Durham um, with some dignity and giving them a run for their money at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what you got to look for, dude. I mean, this right here is kind of uh, make or break. I don't think it's a winnable game. It's going to be a, um, a quadrant one win or loss no matter what. But obviously all this is is an opportunity to beat the number one team in the nation. Uh, something that Florida State came up short on Saturday with, and kind of happy for that because I didn't want them going back home with a loss. So they weren't going to lose two in a row. That's what you're saying, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I'm not going to say one way or another what Duke fans are going to think, but I bet you Duke fans probably wish that we would have beat Georgia Tech on Saturday as well. So uh, yeah, they don't want us coming in there with a chip on our shoulder, right? Well, this is the thing: is Duke fans know. I was talking to your brother and. Duke fans know that um, they get everybody's best shot, especially when you go to Cameron, even though it's a tough place to play. I mean, every time a ch- someone has a chance to beat Duke at Cameron, I mean, come on. And there's been some classic ones with them with uh, them in Syracuse. And again, I mean, we've had more success against Duke than we have North Carolina. And, you know, who knows if that's credited to, to Bayheim and Coach K and kind of knowing each other or if Duke uh, teams sometimes struggle with the zone. But um there's, yes. there's no saying. <laughs> yes. All I know, dude, all I know, dude, is that after this past Saturday, um, on top of all, you know, just the fact that you get a chance to go to, you know, um, to to Duke Durham. and win or try to win, you know, against the number one team. That's just an it's a crazy opportunity that everyone wants to to have anyway. So that you should be pumped up regardless. But also on top of the fact that you do you know that you just lost to Georgia Tech as well. Right. So you want to so you want to save face. And this is one of those things that they need to do if they want to save face. You know, this has happened in the, the past two seasons that we followed this. We've talked about it on the podcast. And usually there's a couple losses every year where you're just you're scratching your head and you're like, oh, man, we needed to win that game. We needed to, you know, we're on the bubble. This is that. And then we turn around and we win a game that we probably shouldn't against a ranked team, maybe on the road, maybe not. Either way, it makes it uh, it makes it's actually a better win than than the loss. You know, so it helps out. Um so all that just means is that we just that's a game we should have had that we need to make up. And this is a perfect opportunity for it. And you just kind of got embarrassed at home and now you get to go to Duke. So uh in in, in I mean let's I mean it's kind of this the perfect situation to just right the wrong that just happened. It, it absolutely is. But on the other hand too, I mean, let's just let's just throw this out there if <laughs> if Syracuse actually wins the game, which I think it's going to take an act of Congress to win this game. Okay. I'm not chalking it up as a loss. I'm just saying that, um, like others, I'm just saying that everything is, the stars are going to have to align for mm. this game to, to, to win. But things happen. Things like this. I mean, the, I mean, look, right. these types of things happen. If they've happened before and they've happened to us, that one of these types of games happens almost every year to us. I mean, remember Dude, being down by 20 man. to UVA? Yeah, yeah, remember being down by like 20 to UVA in the tournament that one year and we came back yeah. and beat them. So, I mean, anything can happen. And so well, UMBC beating Virginia, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Well, the multiple games that Duke's lost as far as like, you know, the tournament game against Lehigh and some of the other ones that they've lost. It's just uh, I mean, it happens. It's basketball. Right. You know, and, it's funny because, you know, you got to put this ball in this hoop and you got to play together as a team. But sometimes it's just it doesn't work out. The little bounce here, a little bounce there, a call here, someone gets in foul trouble. I mean, things happen. Someone gets injured. You never know. Now, 
well, back to my point, and it was a long way around because I I tend to do that. I don't know if everybody notices that or not, but I tend to no, do that. No, and I apologize. But uh, my point is, is that if if Syracuse did go into Cameron Indoor and win this game, I mean, you know, all of the naysayers and the and the boo birds and the people calling for coach's job and all of this stuff, I mean, they'd be chirping. So, you know, no, it'd be the same thing. That's like when you go to those Facebook posts and you see the text after George to Georgia Tech versus compared to the text after uh, the Duke win, if that were to happen. You know, it just erases everything. Right. Exactly. You know, it erases the Georgia right. Tech loss. Yes. You know, does. you don't even know if it might erase one of the non-conference losses. It definitely could. It definitely could, especially. Those, a, lot of, a lot of that stuff, you get a, a at, at Duke win and you're on the bubble. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's like. That's hard to to just overlook and it's when you're on the like, bubble. Uh, it's not going to be some some type of huge swing to where you know we'll be back in the top twenty five. I don't even want to be in the top twenty five. No, it's not about that. It's no. I mean obviously that would I mean that makes everything a little bit better. But Syracuse um, right now is net ranking by the way is fifty nine, which is like that is like not on the bubble. It's like uh, it's, it kind of is because you have to understand that well, a lot of thirty-two teams automatic, automatically get well, in. So then you how, have, how many? It was thirty-two, right, or thirty-four? No, I think there's 30, thirty-two automatically get in, and then the yeah, I think there's thirty-two conferences, autom- conference right, winners, and, right. then and then there's thirty-six. Okay, and then there's thirty-six. There's sixty-eight teams that make it, right. but yes. the whole thing is, is that are there nine conference winners that aren't in that top? I know, and that's where it gets convoluted. So you're right. Right, okay. exactly. Right, right, so right. you never really know. So, right, right. I mean, it's not that we're, you know, out of it. We have had, you know, a, a difficult, you know, schedule. Um, we should have won some games that we lost. And, again, now we have to go win some games that people don't expect us to. That's just all there is to it, you know. And, again, Duke's got a, a freshman team that hasn't seen the zone. You yeah. know, Zion Williamson, he got poked in the eye, and he didn't – play the second half at all and uh, you guys they were talking about he was dealing with double vision and this might be one of those things where he probably went back to duke and maybe got looked at you know got a second opinion and who knows if this if he is because you know how coach k goes and how they should go and you know dealing with kids in the nca is you got to look out for the future and you can't just force a kid to play so um if his vision is you know i guess they said he had double vision so you have double vision then that could you know you could go out there and you could further injure yourself because you're not really seeing right so um, who knows if, if he doesn't play because of, you know, precautionary and the fact that they don't want anything else to happen to him for the rest of the season. So you don't really know, um, either way being negative about it and, and, and not being able to look at it and be positive. Like you said, being negative before the game even starts is just crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, these games are exciting and just go in there and we'll see what we can do. And, you know, this has become one of those games that, you know, in the tournament last year was even kind of close. You know, I mean, there was a there was a there was a spark at the end of that game last year. Yeah. I remember us. You know, we we almost we almost came back in that game. I mean, we we played Duke close since we've, we've been uh, in the ACC, yes, man. Absolutely. So, so yeah. and we've had some great games. Some great games. I mean, epic, epic, epic. Remember yeah. the? I mean, the. <laughs> The, the, the coat was, was CJ Fair, the yeah, John which, Gillen buzzer beater. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, and both of those were in the same season, <laughs> weren't they? No, no, they weren't. Okay, no, okay. But uh, again, there were still great. I mean, great games. And again, I that I would John ex- Gillen win was the last time we beat him. That's right. That was the season after the coat. 
Yeah. The worst thing that we could do is this, right? If we do lose, you want to see, obviously, a better outing. You want to see it to be a close game. You want to see the effort on defense. Um, if you see those things, I mean, obviously, there's, after a loss, you can always point to things because it really comes down to what Jim Beheim said, mistakes uh, and not making shots or making shots, and that's it. I mean, you keep the mistakes down and you make shots, and then you just give the effort on defense – then you you're going to win a lot of games. So, yeah, so those are the things you got to look at. You know, we could lose and we could still, you know, go out there and play really hard and you know, kind of get your confidence back, you know, and and still give a good effort, but um I don't know. It's just if if we see anything like we saw on Saturday or worse, then then that's where I can I can understand if people start to get negative or start to actually really worry about the season. So if you can't pull the effort together and you can't pull it together on a road trip to Duke to try to beat the number one team in the nation, then I don't really see you standing a chance barring a miracle for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I just don't feel like a team's just going to roll over. So we'll see what happens Monday, January 14th at 7 PM. Um, I believe it's on ESPN. So, uh, everybody should be able to get that game regardless. And, um, so that's it. Uh, the Duke preview is bought through us by Shopping Town Barbershop. Open Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.45, and Saturday, 7 to 2. $15 cuts to six full-time barbers. A family-friendly, old-school atmosphere. TVs for your viewing pleasure while you get tightened up. The only real game in town. And in March or April, they're going to be moving. So they're going to be moving right to, what was it, Fremont Plaza? Yeah, Fremont Plaza, right yeah. across from, uh, what right was from it? the Red the, uh, Apple. Yeah, Red Apple, and was it the Manliest Fire Department? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so, all right, that is it. I want to thank Shopping Town Barbershop, J.P. Mulligans, Armchair All-Americans, my bookie, Tix Blitz. Uh, am I missing anybody? James on guitar, of course. Save the best for last, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating, yes, participating in the fan feedback. And also... Um, uh, thanks for getting on social media. It's huge to us. We love hearing from you guys. So um, more Cuse Militia podcast is inevitable after the Duke game. Go Cuse. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Cuse Militia podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? 
more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.